Hey, thanks for checking out the V1 Church podcast. You're getting ready to hear a message from our lead pastor, Mike Signorelli, preaching from our Queens location. This message is titled, Taunted by Tomorrow. Do you find yourself feeling hopeless when you wake up in the morning? Do you find yourself feeling like your marriage, your singleness, or your friendships are never getting any better, no matter what you do? Well, then this message is a must listen. So here it is, Taunted by Tomorrow. Hey, welcome to V1 Queens. Is anyone glad that they struggled through taking a shower and putting on your clothes and getting your hair did and wearing your makeup because you started St. Patty's Day last night and the makeup's still good? And your kid's wearing the same diaper and you're wearing the same makeup, but you came to church? (laughs) Somebody right there in that moment, you just got a confirmation, you're home. These are my people, all right? But uh, I am so excited today, and I want to encourage you to take out your Bibles right now if you have your Bibles. And maybe your Bibles glow. If you have an iPhone or an Android, you can download the V1 Church app and read the Bible on the app, actually, and follow along with us. And why don't you go ahead and find Matthew? It's in the New Testament, for those of you who are new at, at this whole thing. How many of you know there's no shame in the table of contents? We're not trying to make you feel like you can't go on a journey. So Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, and I'm just gonna warn you ahead of time, we're gonna take a deep dive into this chunk of scripture. So you're gonna be able to walk out of here, whether you're a Christian or not, and be like, I am a theologian on Matthew chapter 26. It sound good? It sound good? Now, this is a special message, and we are actually recording at this location today. oh, Oh, come on. (laughs) because there's such a burden for what I'm going to communicate. And I do truly feel like this message is special for all of you who are here in attendance. And I feel like we need to get it beyond this room and communicate it to the world as well. So we're at Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. How spoiled have we been the last two weeks between my man, Eddie, and my man, Evan? Did they not crush it? Man, let me give the reverse card to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) been so awesome. And actually, I was asked to speak in Israel at multiple locations, and I was communicating to a crowd there. And being able to visit Israel and see some of the spaces that uh, just a poor kid from Northwest Indiana who was raised in a trailer park, I was standing in some of the locations that I've read about my entire life in Scripture, and I was scream preaching just like I did a few minutes ago uh, in Israel, and it was epic. <laughs> it was so cool. And so just to know that we V1 is just uh, doing our thing all over the world has been so cool. So Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. I'm going to read it to you. You guys ready? Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Verse 37, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful. Wait a second, this is Jesus talking. You all know that, right? My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face. And then Jesus prayed, saying, My Father, it's, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, somebody say, Nevertheless. Not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said, Peter, did you really binge watch Netflix again and couldn't stay up? 
Seriously? Could you not watch with me one more hour? Didn't we do a Starbucks run before we got here to Gethsemane? That's in my Bible. Is that in your Bible? (laughs) Verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass, unless I drink it. And you know, he's talking in a metaphor. We're not talking about St. Patty's Day drinks. He said, unless, unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. It's that kind of sleep that feels so good to surrender to. You know what I'm talking about? When you're like, I know my friend's talking to me right now. You ever been in love? And you know, that's how you know you're in love when you fall asleep on the phone. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Millennials don't even use phones like that, do they? My 90s kids know what I'm talking about. We got a couple of them where it's like, hey, you still there? We probably are going to get married. We slept on the phone together. (laughs) Some of you didn't realize scripture could be this good. And their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and he said to them, sleep and take your rest. Take it later on. See, the hour is at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Come on, let's pray. Father, I just thank you that even though there are people under the sound of my voice who are being taunted by tomorrow, that you are gonna give us faith for today. I thank you, Father, that today there's somebody who's going through the process, who's getting the squeeze put down on them, who feels the pressure from every side, but your word is here to encourage them to keep on walking, to keep on moving, to keep on pushing, to keep on going through the process. And everyone at V1 Church said, amen. So listen, you know, being a dad is fun and crazy and hard. We have any dads in the house? Okay, we see how see how discouraged they are. We're filming right now. We need it to sound like there's thousands in here. Are there any dads here? See, they're so beat down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being a dad is difficult. And you get, you know, for me, I'll be honest with you, I didn't have a dad. I had multiple abusive stepdads. I know I'm getting super vulnerable too fast, probably for some of you. Um, you can do this on the stage. Don't do this on your first date with someone. But, but you know, I was not really well versed in how to be a dad. So I'm just making it up. And I'm st- my daughter, I have a 12 year old and I have a four year old and I'm still just pretty much making it up. But I remember when Bella, my, who's now a preteen, and if you're a preteen, just don't even think about it. All right. I'm just saying. Um, but my, my daughter, Bella is now like becoming a woman. You know what I'm talking about? It's disgusting. <laughs> But I remember when she fit in my hand. You know what I'm talking about? When she was this big and the very first time I met her when she came out of the womb and she was covered in all that goo like an alien and she's trying to look at me with her eyes, right? And then all of a sudden she started to learn how to walk. And the funny thing was her legs were really weak because she was one of the first grandchildren, which means she never used any of her muscles because she was like a football that we just handed everywhere. So finally, when she was seven years old, we're like, it's time to learn how to walk. And so all of a sudden, I'm going to preach to you today. Just hang in there with me. We stood her up and, you know, her legs would do like this. And it was like, living la vida loca. 
You know, she would gyrate her hips, but her legs were weak, and we would take these videos. And do you remember when cell phones first allowed you the luxury of taking a video on your cell phone? That blew my mind, because we were playing this game called Snake on a Nokia, that the battery life was 34 years. <laughs> That thing is still running. And I remember taking video of my daughter learning how to walk. And my dad, what little I do know about him, and he's passed away since, but my dad was a techie as well, and he loved technology. And back over 30 years ago, he had the wherewithal to not only get an Atari, I'm taking some of you way back, um, but, but he actually got this primitive video recorder and one of the old school video recorders to film. And the, the thing that is kind of, Something that, that is the whole sermon is hinging on, and there's just something about today that's special is, is there, this tape right here that I have is, is right, as of right now, it's a mystery as to what's on this tape because I've delayed its development. And I want to tell you something that really blew my mind. So it's a Kodak tape, and my daughter, Bella, actually, she was like, hey, Dad, when we were out in the store, I found a shirt for you to wear this Sunday to preach. And she didn't know what I was getting ready to talk about, and she picked out a shirt that said Kodak. So there's something in the atmosphere. That's crazy, isn't it? And see, it's, it's sort of a mystery as to what's on this tape right now. Remember Facebook and Instagram? They shut down a couple days ago and millions of people were no longer models. <laughs> Their whole career died in a moment. <laughs> Had no influencers because nobody follows them in real life, even though they follow them on social. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can quote me. You guys like it when I'm mean. I'm not going to be... I'm telling my friend, I'm like, New York's amazing, but they want me to turn mean. <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing is, right now, there's, there, this is different. This is tape, and this is sort of a mystery as to what's on this tape. And, and the reason why it's a, it's a mystery is because how many of you know that the, the taunts of tomorrow are often the echoes of the pain of your past? Are you being taunted by tomorrow? Are you the kind of person that wakes up like, are you, I'm being serious, let's get real here. Are you gonna wake up tomorrow morning grieving because tomorrow taunted you based on the echoes of the past? Like, are you the kind of person that even when I told you the word tomorrow, you started getting anxious? I mean, this word maybe is for you. The title of this message that took me 15 minutes to get to is Taunted by Tomorrow. And I believe that today there's some freedom in the house. Anyone believe that with me? Anyone believe that? You might before it's all over. But Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. And actually this garden was located by a hill which would have been full of olives. And and so this place literally means the olive press. And while he was in the garden, a place of mental anguish, a place where he was suffering in his mind. This is before the cross. This is before the beating. This is before all of that. He's just in the garden. But even in the garden, he felt the mental anguish. And you know, I I believe that it was in this garden that he actually felt the collective baggage of humanity. And so he was therefore taunted by everything that taunts you. Jesus was tested by everything that tests you. Jesus was worried and had that propensity to feel it just like you did because yeah, he was 100% God, but he was 100% you too. And that's why I'm so thankful for this Savior. Anyone thankful for Jesus today? 
Can I teach you through these scriptures? Verse 36, follow with me. Then Jesus went with him to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and I pray. You might go into a development season with them, but you're going to leave the garden only with him. There are some places that your friends, they can't go with you. And let me just tell you this, every person that you ever meet is a reflection of either a repeated cycle or guides towards a new start. Can I say that again so you can write that down? Every person that you're gonna meet today is either a reflection of a repeated cycle or they are a guide to a brand new start for you. There are people walking around in repeated cycles and you're like, where did you learn that? And they learned it from their dad and their dad learned it from their dad and their dad learned it from their dad. Every person you meet is either a reflection of a repeated cycle or it's a guide into your new beginning. And that's why it's so important to choose your friends wisely. You've got to know the difference. Verse 37, can I keep on teaching? Somebody say, teach on teacher. Uh, And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and he began to be troubled. There's people that will come with you in your development, but there's a stage beyond where they can go. Their company wasn't enough to change his countenance. Is Is it possible that you can be surrounded and still be sorrowful? Have you ever had all your friends all in one place and you're looking at them and you're like, man, I still feel lonely? I I mean, seriously, have you finally scheduled that night out that you've been telling yourself you were gonna schedule and you're in it and the music's raging and you're looking around, you're like, this is St. Patty's Day? It don't feel like it used to. Anyone else? I mean, let me just kind of like take it, let me just zoom it in. Have you ever been married and looked at your spouse and been like, man, I still feel sorrow. I remember when my greatest aspiration was to make her mine, and now my greatest aspiration is to get away. It's too real. Should we just pray it out right now? The room is getting real quiet because you know they say that there's three, mar- there's three rings in marriage, right? There's the engagement ring, there's the wedding ring, and then there's the suffering. <laughs> oh, come on, you can laugh at that. <laughs> Some of you are wearing that last ring right now. all the single people are like, man, I am glad I'm single. (laughs) The taunts of tomorrow, they will tell you you're always going to be broke. They will tell you that your marriage is always going to sort of be messed up and you're just going to have to fake it to stay married. The taunts of tomorrow will tell you, who are you to dream that big? This is what the taunts of tomorrow will tell you. Wait, you're a, you're a boy from Northwest Indiana from the Cornstalks and you're gonna come up into Queens and you're gonna grow a life-changing church? Who do you think you are? You know what I'm saying? Somebody said, let them know, promote that person. Verse 38 says this, then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch with me. So if Jesus himself could be surrounded and yet still be sorrowful, what could you expect for your own life while you're going through development? Man, he even had Peter who eventually was gonna die for him. Peter was eventually going to give his life. He, it wasn't like he was surrounded by people who weren't loyal. You could even be surrounded by loyal people and still feel that thing. You can either be taunted by tomorrow or you can be beckoned into the presence of God today. 
Because that's where we see Jesus going back to. You know, we've been paralleling the story of King David. Do you know that while I was in Israel, I actually got the opportunity to go to the valley where he selected the five smooth stones before he rocked Goliath? Isn't that crazy? And while I was standing in that valley, you know what I realized? While David was on the precipice of his next great victory, like this was the thing that was gonna really be the dividing line between the before and after, because you know you have those moments of greatness, right? And, And history gives you this opportunity. He heard three voices while he was in that valley. You know what voice he heard? One, he showed up to kill Goliath, and he heard the voice of his brother saying, what are you doing trying to deliver a pizza here? I don't even care if it is coal, fire brick oven roasted. What are you doing David showing up in this space? And then he hears the voice of doubt from his king, which is his leader. I mean, Saul is literally saying, I know you want to use a sling, but why don't you use my armor? And then he hears the taunt of his enemy, Goliath. And so in that valley, this is what he's actually hearing. He, he's hearing he's hearing his brother don't, doesn't believe he can do it. His leader thinks he can do it, but has got a lot of fear about whether it's even possible or not. And then his enemy is telling me he's not going to do it. And so here's the thing about the story of David and Goliath is most of us wouldn't even show up into that valley to step up and fight him because the voice of our brother would have been the first place that shut us down. The vo- and then we could have got past that and the voice of our leader would have shut us down. And then we would have he- heard the voice of the problem. But what makes David a legend wasn't the aerial assault of sending the stone into Goliath's forehead. It was the mental assault that he said, even though you speak to me and you say this and you say this, there's a voice that's louder ringing in my ears right now. And it's the voice that I learned keeping the sheep in the seemingly unimportant things where I get to know my savior. And see, you're going to have those voices. Most of us are never even going to get to the place where we can fight our greatest battle because the voice shuts us down before we show up. Taunted by tomorrow. Taunted by that voice. But I got a mean group out here in New York that's not backing down in this season of their life. You know what? I'm just going to step back and say this. The reason why you showed up this morning is not just because you wanted to have an encounter with God, but it's that you believe there is greatness inside of you and you believe you're going to come out of this place different and do something that he's destined you to do. Because if you were only listening to the the taunts of tomorrow, you wouldn't have showed up here today. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. He says this, in verse let me, 39, and going a little bit farther, say, you got to go a little further. He fell on his face and he prayed. So he, he goes a little bit further beyond his friends. You know, there's some people you're going to have to unfollow to go a little further. And he distanced himself from them. And he goes out about a little bit further. And he says this, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. You think it's a shock to Jesus when you say, I don't want to be married anymore? You think you shocked him because he's in the garden with the greatest destiny that a human being clothed in flesh and blood will ever have saying, God, is there another way to do this? It doesn't shock him. And and, and I want you to think about this. He says, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. Get that word in your spirit because this is where he proved I'm not just a 100% fallible man, but I'm a 100% God and I'm going all the way. And that's where we get greater he that is in me than he that is in the world. You ever try to crush an unopened can of soda? It's what's inside that determines whether or not something's completely crushable. 
And so what was inside of him was the spirit of God. And the nevertheless came out over the flesh. There's going to be times you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't take this anymore. I can't fight this anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. But if you will allow it, the spirit of God will utter another, another the, nevertheless. And that, that's what it is. It's, gonna, it's not going to be a whole bunch of people faking it till you make it. We don't see Jesus faking it. He was surrounded by sorrow, even surrounded by his best dudes. But what he actually said was, nevertheless, Jesus didn't let the taunts of tomorrow stop his obedience for today. It could have sounded like this, Father, let, my, let me delay this development. Let me delay this development you're trying to do in my life. But nevertheless, I choose to deny myself. Gethsemane literally translates, like I said, the oil press. It's kind of hard to understand it because we're in the concrete jungle, but you have these, these, these olive trees everywhere, everywhere. And so it would have been a common phenomenon. Matter of fact, I went into Nazareth where Jesus would have been, you know, he did most of his ministry and his life in that region. And you see that the pressing of oil was a regular normal thing. And as you begin to study what it, what it means to press oil, it's a revelation here that the shelf life of an olive, so you pick an olive that's ripe off of the tree, it will only last two weeks before it's uneditable and it's no good. If you take the seed that's inside of it and press it and oil is extracted, the shelf life of that oil is over three years. Could it be that the pressing and the squeezing that's happening in your life right now is to sustain your success? Does someone here be preaching today? Could it be a process that you're going through that you've got a shelf life that's going to last longer than the last time you tried it? I'm sick and tired of seeing pastors that only last one year. I'm talking about a shelf life that proves we went through a process. I'm tired of marriages that only last a couple years. What would it look like if we let the squeeze come down and say, God, I'm willing for the oil to come out because I'm not going for two weeks. I'm going for a lifetime. And it was in Gethsemane, the place that was named the oil press, that we see our Savior being squeezed and pressed. And what came out of him was humanity. And then what followed that humanity was divinity. And so even if the first thing that comes out of you when you go through a trial is a cuss word, let hallelujah come out afterwards. Come on. Am I talking to some real people who want to get free today? When you get that bill in the mail, when your loved one stops serving Christ, when your husband or your spouse won't go to church with you, the first thing that comes out of your mouth might be humanity, but the second thing could be divinity if you allow the squeeze to go down. Come on. I see you going through that pressing right now. I see some of you, I discern it on your faces when you come in. You're coming in like ready for warfare. You're like, my life is on the line. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Anyone here tired of playing church? Tired of going through the motions? It's gotta be something else. And Jesus said, I'm tired of humanity going through the motions. I'm going to the cross now. Tired of all the religions and the traditions of men. I'm going to make a way so they can, they don't have to go to the wailing wall. They can go to the throne boldly because of my blood. I'm tired of playing games. I'm, I'm going to go all the way now. And this, we see him duking it out. Let me summarize verses 40 through 44 as we continue through this text. Let me just summarize it because it's raw. In verses 40 through 44, there's a pressing and a squeezing. Basically, Jesus' friends keep failing him, and God keeps giving him an answer he doesn't want. Anyone felt like that? Can this cup pass for me? No, it can't. Is there another way? No, there's not. 
and his friends keep failing him. Some of you right now are in between verse 40 and 44 right now in your life. You're in that season right now, but you're coming out. Verse 46 says this, rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. When the tomorrow that you feared becomes today, you'll be assured because you had gotten alone with the father, not because you got in a group with your friends. When those taunts of tomorrow literally become your reality of today, you're gonna be glad that you got alone with your heavenly father instead of just surrounding yourself with your friends. Friends are awesome. We love community here, but there's a space that God reserves. He says, come out a little bit further. Come out a little bit further. Come out a little bit further. Do you wanna know why I never got this tape developed? After three and a half decades, this tape remains undeveloped. It was because I was afraid that the contents of this tape weren't what I hoped it would be. There's a very high likelihood on this Kodak film that there's the only footage in existence of my earthly father holding me. That's okay, right on cue. They say if a church ain't crying, it's dying. We love babies here in this church, am I right? There's no junior Holy Spirit, right? But the reason why I delayed the development of this tape is because this tape represents both the hope and the expectation that it could show me something I've always wanted to see, but it also represents the fear of disappointment. The fear of disappointment. And you know what? This is a vulnerable moment for me because I've kept this hidden in every sock drawer I've ever had in every home I've ever lived in for the last 30-something years because I believed that this tape had something on it that may speak to me. And it was easier to keep this tape undeveloped and live with the unknown than it was to get it developed and live with the disappointment. And you know what I've come to understand as I've spoken in different countries, different churches, different regions, we've been so hyped up on Disney stories. None of you fear failure. Let's just be real. You don't fear failure. You take risks every day. You know what we fear more than anything? We fear disappointment. You know how I know that? Because you'll go on the dates. You'll download the app and meet the people. You'll, you'll take a risk. You'll give yourself. You've given yourself sexually. You've given yourself emotionally. You've traveled the world. You've slid into somebody's DMs. You're not afraid of failure. You've gone to multiple schools. You've, you've anted up to go to school again. You sat in the interviews. You're not afraid of failure. You know what you're afraid of? You're afraid of disappointment, just like me. You feel taunted by tomorrow because the echoes of the pain of the past that says your dad was a murderer and went to jail and never saw you again and then died prematurely and could have gave you a genetic brain disease and that's the only legacy you have and maybe on this tape was the moments of a better time where he was hugging you and holding you before he beat your mother before he walked out and cheated on her maybe that's what this tape shows that it wasn't always tragedy that there was something better and it was easier for me to live with that dream than to live with the product of the development and you know what, you're probably like, I don't know what you're talking about, but maybe you do because it's easier for you to keep thinking, yeah, there's this person out there that's perfect. And once I can finally find them, everything, and you'd rather have your dream than the development with the person that you don't wanna be with anymore. 
What about the church? Maybe you haven't put your roots down in any church for a long time because you have this fantasy that there's a perfect church. And if you could just show up to that perfect church, your dreams could be realized. But it's the development that you have to go through to say I'm willing to give the disappointment a, a try because I'm giving my dream a try. And I'm here to tell you today that many of you are going through it right now with me. You represent this. Something in your life represents this. And it seems like so unrelatable, but can I tell you that I thought that I was gonna develop what was in this tape. I thought that I was gonna reveal the contents of this tape, but all these years, this tape was revealing what was inside of me. Gethsemane, it was revealing what was inside of Jesus. And you know what was inside of Jesus? It was a heart of surrender to God that says, no matter what happens, I'm gonna go to that cross tomorrow. I'm gonna die and I'm gonna put my love on the line. And if they never receive me, if they never say yes to me, it was worth it. It was worth it so that they knew that I was willing to trade the dream for the development. And whatever happened, happened. While we were yet sinners, he put his love on the line and said, I'm willing to let it happen. The garden revealed his willingness to obey the Father. You might be feeling taunted by tomorrow, but God is gracing you for the development today. You might feel taunted by tomorrow, but God is strengthening you for today. Does somebody hear me? Am I speaking to somebody? Is somebody ears hearing this right now? You might feel taunted by tomorrow, but God is anointing you for today. The squeeze, the oil. You might feel taunted by tomorrow, but God is empowering you for today. Would somebody jump on their feet right now? If they receive that empowerment for their life. See, on the other side of that development was the dream. But it was the real thing. Do you hear me? It was the real thing. It wasn't a fantasy. He knew I was coming out of Gethsemane and the cross is right ahead of me. And he said, nevertheless, you know what's interesting to think about? In Gethsemane, there were no external enemies. There were no centurion soldiers there to arrest him yet. There was no one beating his back. There was no one piercing his side with a spear. There were no exterior enemies. It was 100% in his mind. Does anyone know what that feels like? It's funny that we can wake up. We don't have anyone chasing us down. We don't have any exterior enemy, but the enemy of me. And God says, nevertheless, humanity may have started this conversation, but divinity is getting ready to finish it. You might have had all kinds of demonic influence in your life. You might have had all kinds of voices telling you that it was impossible, that it's not gonna happen. But I'm here to tell you, divinity is gonna end this conversation today. God is gonna have the last word in situations in your life today. So here's what I'm gonna do. Because I wanna read you what I read in scripture. Isaiah chapter 41, 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm chapter 56, verse 3 says, When I am afraid, when, I, when I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. 
says, be not anxious about anything, about anything. This scripture was written before all of our modern problems, which meant it anticipated everything by saying, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, that means your situation's not exempt from what I'm about to say. That means what you went through might not have been what I went through, but it's not exempt. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace, the shalom, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say your bank account's going to guard your mind. It doesn't say your spouse is going to guard your mind. It says the peace of God. It's going to guard your mind. says this, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world gives it. I don't give peace the way that they promise it. Don't be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. It's a command. God would only give you a command if he was going to empower you to follow it. There's boldness. John chapter 14 Verse 27, 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. You know this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. But the one who fears is not made perfect in love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Psalm chapter 94, verse 19 says this, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Your consolation. What would it be like to be consoled by God in such a way that your anxiety is exchanged for joy? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm done delaying this development. This week, I'm sending this off to be developed. And I'm going to let it reveal whatever it reveals. But how many of you know whether there's these scenes of my earthly father holding me or not, I can now say that because of the cross, my heavenly father's got a grip on me that's never going to laugh and never going to let go. And I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to say, God, reveal whatever it reveals. But here's what I'm asking you right now in this close. Will you allow God to develop you? Will you allow God to develop your life and reveal whatever he has to reveal? Will you allow yourself to be planted and rooted in the house of God and let us go on a journey of development? Will you be vulnerable enough to say, I'm going to exchange the dream? Some would call it a fantasy, but I'm going to exchange the dream for the development. And whatever the development reveals, I'm going to say, Baruch Adonai. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All glory and honor goes to him. If he can do anything with these broken pieces, he can do it through my life. Is there anyone here who will say yes to the development today? Is there anyone who will say today I choose to be developed today? Through it all, I choose to be developed. Through the pain, through the rejection, through the isolation, surrounded by friends, yet surrounded by grief, in mental anguish, in torture, and through it all, I'm exchanging the dream for the development. Well, you made it to the end of the podcast, and we're so excited about what God is doing in your life. We want to invite you to join our digital community by searching the official V1 Church eFam on Facebook. This is where you can build community, make new friends, and receive exclusive content you can't find anywhere else to help you grow in your faith. 
Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.